Okay, how many years ago was your first communion? You usually know this off offhand. I'm gonna time you. One. I had I celebrated two, my first communion three, in four, May of nineteen fifty five. Yeah. So he's doing the math. I'm doing the math. 45, 65, 67 years. Okay, that's, I'm not even checking it. I'm just trusting you. That's that's how much I believe in you. Yes, a uh, long time ago. Uh, Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. It's First Communion Weekend in addition to continuing the Easter season. And I was reflecting on, uh, <laughs> I'm really excited about First Communion. One, for my family, we're in between First Communions in our right. house. Audrey was a so, year or two ago. So yeah. this year I just get to enjoy the Mass and not have all the extras of our own family's involvement. But two, do you remember how we did First Communion last year? Well, last year we had three separate Masses for First Holy Communion. Yeah, Was in, it three? Tw- I thought it was four. Was that it was in 2020. Oh my gosh. In 2020, we had four separate Masses yeah. uh, during the summer. Yes, uh, because we had the lockdown during May when we usually have First Holy Communion. So we had June, I think two in July and one in August of yep. that summer. Yeah. And then last year we had three on Sunday afternoons during the month of May. Yes, I do. Because we wanted smaller communities. I do remember that it was three now. It was it was a lot to have that extra mass for three weeks in a row, but it was they were good and, celebrations. But, but you are so close to the Lord when you get to play an extra mass each Sunday. <laughs> Just go ahead and say, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. I just want to remind everyone that Father Herb has an alternate each week that does one Mass for him. I, I'm still there for each not, one. Not every week. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this year... Well, I just need to remind everybody that Michael sits while he, <laughs> during Mass, whereas I stand. Uh, Touche. Uh, but this year we get to do it just with everybody at once. So this is yeah. going to be fun. It's going to be a full church. Yeah. It may be fuller than we even anticipate, but it's going to be a full church. Should be fun. Hey, uh, so third Sunday of Easter, this is always a good one. Now, it's this is kind of cool too because we we get a little deeper into the Easter season uh, before you know next week is Mother's Day weekend. So it's kind of fun because there's all these little special occasions that kind of takes us through the season of Easter. Well, let me put it this way: the second Sunday of Easter, which we just had, is always the the story of the upper or the room with the locked door and Jesus appearing and then Thomas doubting and then Thomas believing. Yeah. The fourth Sunday of Easter is always one of the versions from John's gospel of the good shepherd. Right. So the third Sunday, which is the one we're addressing now Mm -hmm. changes from year to year to year. Kind of a wild card. It is kind of a wild card. And this week, this is it. We get my favorite reading of of all of the appearances of Jesus. You alluded to this last week that yes, stay tuned. It, it is. Um, I call it breakfast on the beach. It's because you like breakfast. I like the beach. Yeah. <laughs> I like breakfast on you, the beach. Do you like the beach? I, I've I, never taken you as a beach guy. Well, I, I have to be very careful with sun. Right. But I, I like I like the ocean. I like I like water. All great things. I like all the things connected with. Uh, I like the tropics. You know, I like tropical trees. And I remember being in Costa Rica some time ago and I was sitting, we, we went to a beach in a national park. I was with my oldest brother and I was sitting un, under a tree mm-hmm. and two things happened. I was, I was out of the sun, which is good. But I, I had two books with me. One was a guidebook to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. The other one was 
Jurassic Park, the the original <laughs> book. This was be, well before the movie. Okay. Okay. The first thing I learned from Jurassic Park was it started the, the first inkling that there was something going on in, on this island mm-hmm. started in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Supposedly the island was off of the coast of Costa Rica, which had become Jurassic Park. But one of the, the smaller uh, dinosaurs had already escaped and was on the beach at, in Costa Rica. And you're waiting. That, that's in the book. And that's so I'm sitting there reading it and waiting I think, for a velociraptor. I'm, 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 well, no, it wasn't a velociraptor. Uh, it was just one of the small innocuous ones. Oh, an iguana. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> the the other thing though, reading the guidebook of Costa Rica, and it said, "Please be careful when you are under some of the trees on the beaches." Yeah. Because these trees, and it named the kind of tree. These yeah. trees drip uh-huh. acid. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. So I, I looked around. I put my big floppy hat back on my head. I would opt for the sunlight at that point <laughs> over acid spewing trees. Yeah. You know, we were, um, not to get too carried away with the beach, but I do have a thought on that. We were just at the ocean about a month ago when we were down in North Carolina. And every time I see the ocean, it just never fails to amaze me with, with the waves that they never stop. It's always going. It's this that that is deep. This that literally, <laughs> you, literally, literally, and for this is really the first year, the first time in my entire life that I saw both the Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean within six months of each other. I've never been able. That's to, pretty cool. It, it was very cool, um, but I remember driving last fall down the Pacific Coast Highway, and you see the vastness of the ocean and the waves crashing against the rocks, and you think, you know. I'm so tiny on this giant planet that I live on. And then you look on the map to see how far you really drove. And it's like a pinprick of, 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 you know, the California coast. And you think, wow, I can't even begin to comprehend how big this place really is. You're right. And I really want to tell stories about the, the right foot in the Atlantic ocean and the left foot in the Pacific ocean on the same day. You have a story? Uh, not I. Oh, you don't. Uh, Father Michael Jonkas told me that he did that one time. He had gone on vacation to California. Yeah. But before he went, he had a workshop to do somewhere on the East Coast. So that morning, he went down to the ocean real quickly and put his right foot in the Atlantic Ocean. That's cool. Then they flew to California for vacation. And that evening, he went and put his left foot in the Pacific Ocean. That's <laughs> very cool. That's that's a once in a lifetime but, kind but, of thing. Yeah, but let's get to the gospel because it's long. Hey, before we do, before oh no, we read oh it. Oh, no. What? I was just going to ask you, do you remember why this reading is significant to me? To you? To me. To you. And to my wife. That's a hint. Oh, I don't know. Uh, this was the gospel at our wedding. Was it really? It was. You had this at your wedding? We had this at... Were you there? I was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were. Uh, this was the gospel at our wedding. Tend my sheep? Yeah. Oh, 100%. I wouldn't make that's that up. That's never used at weddings. It was used at mine because we are unusual people. Well, that I could say. That- okay. <laughs> no, okay. I will never forget that. So for that, I'll let you read the first half. Oh, that's kind of you. Okay. We are in John chapter 21. And we're using the long form, right? We're, we're going to read the long form today. There is a short form that may be used at Mass. Depends. Okay. At that time, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. 
together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore, full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said the signifying about what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Michael said right before we read this, there's a short form and a long form. The short form is simply the part that, that Michael read. Right. The whole other part about do you love me, tend my sheep, or even like when you grow older, someone will direct you. That is the extended form. Right. This is five extra verses. But you know, either way you look at it, it's just such a powerful thing. Yeah. And lots and lots of symbology. Is that a word, symbology? No, I, I think it's symbolism, but I, <laughs> symbology just sounds more impressive. I, I was impressed, but I didn't but think that's it, why I'm, My goal in life is to impress you. Okay. You know what I was thinking while I was reading it? Thank God Jesus used bread and wine at the Last Supper and not bread and fish, because mass would be a much less enjoyable experience. <laughs> well, this is so beautiful. Um, first of all, they go fishing. When in doubt, you know, you go back to what you're 
comfortable with. They, they were still fishermen. They had to go back to doing something that would earn them a livelihood, but at the same time, something with which they felt comfortable. Mm -hmm. So they went back to fishing. Mm -hmm. uh, then they saw Jesus on the shore. Mm -hmm. Now, this is fascinating. He says, the first thing about, go ahead and catch some more fish. Well, we've caught nothing. So put the net down on the other side. I have a little cartoon on my refrigerator. Somebody gave it to me and uh, it's from beneath the, the boat. Uh, it's like the fish. There's a school of fish but on like one side. Like their perspective. Yeah, from, yeah. Yeah. There's a school of fish there, and you can see on the top of the picture the bottom of the boat, uh -huh. and the net is over one side, and the one fish is saying to the other, "Oh, just stay here. They'll never think of uh, putting the net over on our side." <laughs> <laughs> that fish didn't meet Jesus, apparently. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so the whole idea of catching a bunch of fish. This is this is back to where the gospels began. Yeah. Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Oh, so for sure. it, it, the the whole image keeps coming back. The, Even the image of try the net on the other side that has come up in the gospels. Yes, yeah, oh, yes. The, yeah. That time they were out and fishing all night, right? And, exactly. This is the same thing, fishing all night. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, they would often fish at night mm -hmm. uh, because because commercial fishermen would like to have fish to take to the market first thing in the morning. So it was fresh. Fresh, and before the, the midday heat. Have you been to an open-air market in the middle of the day and walked by the fish stand? You uh, don't want to. The only open-air market I've ever been to is in Guatemala, but I don't think it was in the middle of the and day. And they did not have many fish there anyway. No. There was meat, but not fish, yeah. yeah. But then the, the whole thing about they caught 153, very specific number. Yeah called 153 large fish. Do you know why that number is used? We've talked about it before, and I don't remember why. You mean I gave you this lesson and you Probably failed. three years ago. Let's go back three years' worth of episodes, and I'll just insert the clip here. Or you could just tell me again. I'll tell you again. Okay, great. At the time of Jesus, they thought there were 153 varieties of fish in the world. Ah, yes. Of course, that's sadly wrong There's right many many more varieties than that still discovering them today yes 153 so in other words it's an image of the net is inclusive mm -hmm. the church is inclusive the message of the gospel is inclusive yeah go out to everybody regardless but then they then they said okay so they they had to drag the net ashore and come have some breakfast now this is the the interesting thing Jesus already was cooking the fish, but he asked them to bring some of their own. So he brought something to the table, but he also asks us to bring something to the table. Well, that's a way of looking at it. I was just thinking it was a, you know, a potluck. Uh, uh, <laughs> you bring the cheesy potatoes. I don't like cheesy potatoes. How do you survive at funerals? I know. Isn't that terrible? I mean, I, I eat macaroni. When I, people I are mourning, they need cheesy potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> What you eat macaroni salad? Oh, that's gross. You do you eat? Oh, you like that stuff though. I bet you like potato salad too. I eat potato salad. Is, There's some potato salad I don't like as much as others. You know what? This is why we work well together because I'll eat the cheesy we, potatoes. We have nothing in common. <laughs> we both love Jesus. Yes, and okay. each other, and and uh, breakfast on the beach, and breakfast on the beach. Although, but I'm not eating macaroni salad on the beach. <laughs> well, how about fish? I, I like some seafood. I think yeah. when I was in, uh, was it Denmark? It was one of the Scandinavian countries 
where we stayed at a hotel and they had a big breakfast buffet. Yeah. And they did have uh, fish as part of the buffet. And was it good? Well, I just tasted a little bit because I thought I'm supposed to so, supposed to eat it. But then being in Denmark, what do you really expect for breakfast? Danishes. Exactly. Y- your American sweet tooth was showing. <laughs> and I, I did find it. Okay. I did find it. <laughs> <laughs> just give me a coffee and a Danish. Yeah. That's all I need. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the symbolism here in you know the the idea that Jesus had to ask three times. That's usually used as uh, a response to Peter's three times of denying Jesus. Right. So three times over, do you love me? Do you love me? And I love the the response. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. So it's slightly different each time. Mm-hmm. But definitely it goes back to you are Peter and on this rock I'll build my church. In okay. other words, it's like it's a commissioning. That it's was, all over again. Okay, so that was my next question. Sequentially, where does... In, in which gospel does that take place? Is that prior to the passion you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church? Oh, yeah, de- definitely, yeah. Okay, so, and we're not sure which gospel off the top of it, our head. It's in the synoptic gospels. It's plural. Not in John, but it not happens in multiple yeah. times in the yeah. synoptics. Yeah. So this is then after the fact, after the passion, after the resurrection, and one more time. And in John's gospel, things are put together differently. Yeah, but he had, it, it's like, he is he is teeing it up for Peter, right? He's like, he is, all right, look. Well, the la- the very last two words at the end of this gospel passage, this pericope. The pericope means you you know what pericope is. Uh, it's spelled like pericope. P e r i c o p e. Pericope means a passage. So in this passage, this pericope, mm-hmm. after he says, "Tend my sheep, feed feed my lambs, feed my sheep, tend my sheep," after that's all done. He doesn't say, go forth. His last two words are? Follow me. Follow me. Isn't that cool? It is cool. It, I, it's like, okay, so I'm not sending you out alone. Yeah. You're, you're going to follow what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Follow me. And it's like, this harkens back to, again, in Matthew and Luke's gospel, and, you know, where Jesus makes them fishers of men. Mm-hmm. And uh, says, "Follow me." Now it's, I'm catching. You're catching a, a net load of fish. Follow me. So it's like, uh, you know, Julie Andrews said, "Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start." She did. In, sound of In music. Sound of music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, here it's sort of like let's start at the very end by going back to the beginning. That's going to be the next musical that we write together. <laughs> We're going to write. Uh, you've heard of R- Rogers and Hammerstein. Weber and Puppets. Uh, yeah. It doesn't ring very no, it, well, it does doesn't. It? I don't no. think it's going to make it. I don't think either. Uh, you know, the beauty in this is Jesus not only gives him a chance to redeem himself, right? For Peter, you mean. Yeah, yeah. for Peter. But he also is saying, I'm giving you a job, but you don't have to do it alone. Right? I'm still going to be the person that's guiding you. That's very good. Very good. Man, I am like three for three this week. You know, this I, is good for you. We are, yeah. <laughs> we are, you know, it must we are be, going out with a bang, folks. It, it must be the Holy Spirit yeah. that has come upon you when, <laughs> last week when the Jesus breathed on you. My confirmation is finally taking hold. Uh, but I, that, that is, 
you know, let's let's go back to what you and I have kind of been we've been reminiscing quite a bit over the last few months in light of of your retirement coming this summer. You know, when we started a new parish, there was a great mission to be held. But as we look back over the last 17 years, there was total guidance of from Jesus and the Holy Spirit along the way. Over and over again. I, I've, I've told many people, even while it was going on, I was conscious of it like, okay, some great things are happening. Yes, we're working hard. We're making some wise decisions. And sometimes... Not wise. Not wise. <laughs> but at the same time, the result was bigger and better and beyond anything we were hoping for. Yeah. The Holy Spirit has been working tremendously. And I would dare say continues to work. Um, you know, sometimes we get caught up in our own, you know, we're pretty harsh on ourselves. We, we get caught up in our own failures or disappointments. Yeah. But it's, it's so much, there's so much more going on. Well, and a lot is not, and like you said, it's not like every, every moment has, you know, been perfectly executed by any stretch of the imagination, but time and time again, just like when Peter denied Jesus, yeah, Jesus gives you that opportunity to say, okay, let's get back on your feet and do it one more time. And guess what? You're not going to be alone because I'm right next to you the whole time. Yeah. Now I think with the first communion mass with the, well, we have 60, 63 children, but one already celebrated first Holy communion at the Easter vigil. Yeah. So, with that many families there, I will probably use the shorter version, which will leave out the tend my sheep part, but I will definitely include them in the part of uh, catching fish. That's gonna be, and then all the kids get to go out to the pond with a fishing pole and catch a fish. You know, I wouldn't do that as an organized group, but if any of the parents wanted to do it uh, in the afternoon, we do allow kids to fish in our, wet, our east pond yeah. beyond the parking lot with adult supervision. And Father Herb is included as an adult in this context. And it's catch and, <laughs> catch and release. Catch and release. All right, friends, have a great week. We will see you this weekend for the third Sunday of Easter. Please keep all of our First Communion children in prayer as they finish their preparations this week. See you.